great delight to uh, just come and look at some of, we're looking at this new series, we're uh, doing something slightly different this term, in that we're having, you'll be glad to hear, slightly shorter preaches, uh, so I, I won't go on as long as normal, um, but we're going to have a time at the end where we're really opening up and saying, God, speak into my life. Uh, help me, we're going to be looking at this lady, uh, the Canaanite woman, help me to be like her. Help me to respond to you in a similar way uh, that she responded to you. And uh, we're kind of going to give time for the prayer team and to pray for one another uh, and for the Holy Spirit to come uh, and actually minister to us. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. And... um, so we have here this story um, of the Canaanite woman. At least that's, that's what Matthew, um, and we're going to look at the actual scripture in just a second. <clears throat> so Matthew called it the Canaanite, about the Canaanite woman, the Canaanite mother. Her daughter, uh, we, are, we are told, was suffering terribly, uh, being afflicted by a demon. In the New Testament, they didn't have a problem with saying that. It was kind of like, that was a kind of like just a, oh yeah, she's affected by a demon. Okay. Um, Mark, in, in his gospel, um, we hear about the Syrophoenician woman. Same woman, um, just different description. And um, he's, actually, he's actually picking out kind of the area uh, that she's from. Whereas Matthew is actually making a kind of bold statement here. One of the first things he's saying is, this woman wasn't Jewish. That's quite important, given everything else that's, um, that Jesus has been giving his time to, in terms of healing, speaking about the kingdom, uh, bringing breakthrough for people, multiplying loaves and fishes, Raising from the dead. He's been doing all that, but it's all been in Israel's territory. Now he is over the border, as we'll see. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that it immediately reminds us, in a rather stark reminder, that the Canaanites were, in fact, this is the only time it's used, this word is used in the New Testament, Canaanite. But we actually know it so well from the Old Testament, from reading you know, stories about Moses and Joshua. And the Canaanites were the people that God said, you need to basically clear them out of the land because this is the promised land that I've given you. And uh, they were kind of involved in lots of kind of occult practices and stuff and worship. And Matthew's making a point. He's saying she was a Canaanite woman. Okay. Um, and, and all that that's kind of involved. Now, this story is unusual in a number of ways. It is the only instance of a Gentile. Anybody Jewish here? No. Okay. So that's all. That's all us. Okay. <laughs> um, of a Gentile being healed in the Gospels outside of the territory of Israel. So this is a 
unusual occurrence. Jesus is going out, and we'll find out why in a second, um, with, his, with his guys, okay? And then secondly, it's unusual because Jesus, she pleads with him. That's what I see. She pleads with him, and he virtually just blanks her. He doesn't say anything. It's like he, she's kind of like, Jesus, heal me, help me, have mercy on me. <clears throat> and he kind of just, almost like she hasn't spoken. He kind of then starts talking to the guys. And I don't think there's another occasion of that happening in the Gospels. So we kind of look at it and thinking, isn't that a bit kind of rude? Uh, or kind of like, how is that? We're kind of shocked. But then thirdly, as we kind of look at it closer, we look, what a wonderful story of perseverance, humility, and great faith, where Jesus actually commends her in a way like actually no other woman he commends. And for us as a people here tonight, he's speaking to us. And he, he wants to say some different things. He wants to say, don't get easily offended. Look at this woman. Don't get easily offended. Did you get offended? Oh, yeah, well, that happened back at my, you know, I, I did go to church before. But such and such happened, and I, that was it. I mean, you should have heard what he said. And that was that. And boom, end of story. So that's why I completely ditched Christianity. We get offended. We, 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 we move away because we get offended of things, often of people. But also, I want to say that this is a story about a woman who is desperate, who is desperate and in need. And she suddenly realizes that the Son of God is actually strayed into her, her land. It's like up my street. Suddenly, suddenly Jesus is here. My goodness, this is like, you know, this is the golden opportunity that I have been hoping for. And then suddenly, it, it's actually him. And she basically takes hold of it. And she's kind of so bold in the way that she addresses him and the way she won't just take no for an answer. And I want to, I guess, say to us tonight, are you somebody who knows I really need Jesus? There is no other answer in my life. There is nothing else that actually, there's not a, two or three other options. This is the only option I have. And I need Jesus. And is it that actually somebody's come into your life, maybe a colleague or a neighbor or a friend or a relative who is kind of starting to talk to you about Jesus and suddenly you realize, gosh, here's this opportunity. Suddenly it's like, are you going to go, oh, well, that was interesting, you know, move on. Or are you going to say, I really need to get hold of this. I really need to find out about this. I really, this is a precious opportunity. We're going to read the scripture. So we're in uh, Matthew 15. 
21 to 28. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, well, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. And he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But, what a wonderful but, but she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, well, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, O oh, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Let's just pray. Lord, we just really thank you for this story of this encounter. It's actually mentioned in two different Gospels. And Lord, we just pray right now that God, you come with your Holy Spirit and apply it into our lives. Amen. <clears throat> Some of you might be aware that um, Anne and I, my wife and I, um, spent Christmas and New Year in Australia with our youngest son, uh, David, and, uh, and a couple of grandkids in Melbourne. And... Um, it was great. It was, a, it was a really good time. Don't often get to see him. It's a long, long way. Um, but it was very great to do. And one of the interesting things was that recently they've acquired a little puppy. Okay? And this puppy's called Milo. All right? It's a kind of cross between a poodle and a Labrador. Okay? And um, I, I was a little shocked because... Probably out of all my kids, David, the youngest, it was probably, we did have this um, Springer Spaniel uh, at home for the, the kind of length of time uh, that they, those guys were around at home. But he was probably the one who was least interested. And I always thought, no, you're never, ever going to get on with dogs. So I was a little bit surprised that, 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 that they'd actually had this dog come into their house. Anyway, well, there's, Mi there's Milo. And uh, just to the kind of left of that picture, there's the dining room table. And so we're all sitting there, all six of us are sitting there around the table. And the interesting thing I noticed is that Milo, you would think Milo would be looking at us, kind of like staring up and looking, kind of, uh, but, but he's not. Where is he looking? He He's looking, his eyes are fixed under the table. He is waiting for any slight mishap, any slight kind of overspill, maybe a chip that falls onto the ground uh, and actually waiting there. And I tell you, or, or loading the dishwasher, as I was 
quite a few times, loading the dishwasher. <laughs> he comes scampering around. He's kind of waiting for the door to open. I tell you, you've only got to have it open a couple of seconds. <clears throat> In go the dirty plates and he's on it. He's kind of licking these plates and you're like, no, no, no. And before you can say the word Milo, <laughs> he's actually, you've got a nice clean plate that's been licked completely clean. So, you know, he, and, and I, it was funny. I was kind of thinking of this story of this, this, the Canaanite woman. And I thought, you know, the interesting thing is that one thing I can say is that actually in 2,000 years, dogs haven't changed very much. <laughs> they are still looking for the crumbs that fall from the table. Uh, and that's kind of their nature. That's what they do. Um, and Jesus is using that to actually say something to the disciples and to this woman. So, first point, getting away from it all. This was not a kind of missionary journey into heathen Tyre and Sidon. Uh, this, was a, this was a relaxing break, okay? Um, you know, this was just a time to get away from it all. And they, they, they've been having a tough time. And they've been working hard. And they, they head up there for just some relaxation. And um, this area is about 30 miles kind of north uh, of Galilee uh, and Capernaum. Uh, just up, and it's on the coast, okay, known for its um, purple dye. And so they head on up there, and they're just expecting, it's just going to be great. We're just not going to have a lot of people hassling us. We are going to be able to just chill out, have a good time, and kind of relax a bit. <clears throat> However, <laughs> this woman has other ideas, and she sees Jesus. And this is what she says. And she calls out and she says, Lord. Now remember, she's a Greek, okay? She, we, we know she's a Greek because Mark tells her so that she's a Greek. So she cries out, she says, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. It's quite a lot of information in that one statement. Like you're thinking, you know quite a lot about this guy. This isn't just some Jewish bloke who's just kind of wandered in. You're saying, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. There's, a, there's a, a lifting up of kind of knowing who Jesus is. And you kind of wonder, how did she know as a Gentile? And one of the interesting things as we look at it is that earlier in Mark, we actually hear of um, many crowds, it says Mark 3, gathering to hear Jesus. So this is an earlier time. Who were coming from Judea and Jerusalem and the regions beyond Jordan, and, importantly, from around Tyre and Sidon. So, maybe, just maybe, she was one of those people who came down. to kind of. But she was part of the crowd. She saw Jesus from a distance. She saw what he was doing. So when, by amazing fortune, he comes kind of strolling along with his guys, and suddenly she's thinking, what am I going to do? My daughter is in just a terrible state and sees him, she's on it. She thinks, I am going to take this opportunity. And she calls out. It's a bold statement, 
Because first of all, she's a woman. Women don't just encounter men and start talking to them. It just wasn't done in those days. The Pharisees wouldn't even have a woman talk to them. It was kind of completely kind of forbidden. And secondly, he's Jewish. She's a Gentile. They don't converse. They don't come anywhere near each other. She knew that. And yet, she overrides the social barriers and goes for it. Why does she go for it? Because she's desperate. Because she knows that actually, here is somebody who actually, I've seen, I, you know, maybe she's seen him. I, I know, or I've heard of him. And I know he is the one who could actually heal my daughter. But then we get this unusual thing, number 2.2, is that Jesus, Matthew says, didn't answer a word. Didn't answer a word. We just, we look at that and we think, yeah, it's just ignorant. Was that just uncaring? Surely these other guys, his disciples are going to pick him up on this point and say, uh, hello, <clears throat> you know, this woman, this poor woman is calling out to you. I mean, I, I know we're supposed to be having some rest, but uh, I mean, <laughs> aren't you supposed to care? And yet he looks like he doesn't care. It's an unusual occasion in that way. As I said, I can't think of another occasion when this happens. And the interesting thing is that these guys don't seem to tackle it like that. They they actually are kind of suggesting to him. They say, well, why don't you just, why don't you send her away? Meaning, not send her away, just tell her to get lost. But why don't you heal her daughter? She'll be happy. And then we won't have this kind of, this, this woman keep shouting at us. And um, Jesus answers and says, he, he kind of takes this, this point, and this is point through, he He's using a, every single situation he uses to actually bring a, a lesson, a, a discipling lesson. He's, he's there with the guys and he's teaching them at any moment. Jesus is, teaches us through any circumstances going on in our life. He's teaching us things about him, things about the kingdom of God. He's, he's using it to teach us stuff. And that's what he's doing here. So we're thinking about the woman, but he's also thinking about them. And he says this interesting statement. Really that what he's saying is my prime mission was, is towards the Jews. Like this is actually what I'm called to do. Is actually the Jews. She's not a Jew. So therefore... That isn't my responsibility. That's kind of like what's in there at the moment, right now. And there's a lot of irony in this whole point. And you only catch the irony as you look back into the Old Testament and you realize and you know some of the promises that are made to Abraham. God calls Abraham. And he speaks to Abraham and he says, you know what? I'm going to give you a child. And through his seed, there's going to be one who is actually going to bless the nations 
And this one that's coming is, of course, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to bless all the nations, and thank God, because we're part of those nations that actually... But he started with Israel, and then he's actually going out and reaching all the nations. The thing was that actually in his, in his short life on earth, he was actually saying, that's actually not what I'm supposed to be giving my time to. But he was well aware that the guys that were with him, it was going to be their responsibility to actually go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature as he says to them. And so they're watching this Gentile woman call out and it's really that there's a point where they're going to be thinking, you know what, we're going to be sent to lots of other women like this and actually we need to go, we need to believe God, there's going to be people with need, people who, that we need to go and in the power of God bring healing, bring deliverance, bring change into their life. And that's, uh, that's what they were called into. Now, back to the woman. She's not deaf. She, she's she's Greek-speaking, but she can understand everything that actually Jesus has been saying to the guys. So she's right there. She hears him talking. She hears him explaining this kind of order of things. So she's well aware that actually what, what he's saying is actually this isn't the time to reach Gentiles, meaning this woman that's standing here. But... She hears it, but she's desperate. And she, as Jesus says later on, she has great faith, such that she jumps the gun. She jumps the gun. So, so she might say, okay, yeah, I understand this. Later on, it's going to be our turn. Later on, it is going to be the turn of, of Gentiles like me. And my time hasn't quite come yet and actually it's going to happen later on after you have died and risen again. Okay, there's going to be a time where actually it's then going to be the time for the Gentiles, that's us, to come to Christ and to be healed and have our lives changed. I understand that and this is actually, I'm out of season. I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of my time here. But I don't care. I don't care because I'm desperate. And so she goes for it. You know, I think Jesus was also testing her to see what she, what she was made of, what was in her heart. How desperate was she? How much did? How, was, was she going to be just put off and go, oh, well, okay then, never mind? Or was she going to persevere? And I think God tests as we see throughout. Um, the Bible, but actually we see Jesus doing it. He does it to the rich young ruler and he kind of says, well, go on then. Sell all you've got. Give it away. If that's the, you know, and he doesn't do it. He tests the blind man who's, sort of, who's there and calls out to Jesus and he says, well, what would you have me do? Meaning, <laughs> you've got to verbalize to me that actually I'm blind and I would like to have my sight, please. He actually having to say that to Jesus. This is what I want, you know. I think sometimes we don't verbalize it very well. I think sometimes, you know, we don't say what we really want. 
So we kind of go to Jesus and we sort of, we talk about that and we talk about that, but really it's this thing. Really there's a big issue in your life that actually God is touching and he darn well knows and you really know, but you don't ask for it. And you don't ask for it because you're kind of like slightly embarrassed about it, that you actually kind of like you say, well, no, no, it's only this thing over here and maybe that and could you just help me maybe with my job or could you, could you help on this thing over here? Actually, what you're really saying is, I need help with my marriage or I, I am one mess. I just, I, I need help with everything. <laughs> but I'm being really honest. This woman was so honest. And what we're told in verse 25 is that the woman came and she knelt before him. And it says, she said, Lord, just help me. There's something humbling, isn't there, about kneeling. You kind of you can really picture it. You know, Matthew's got that. There's the kind of the picture, and the woman just she's been talking, she's been pleading, she's now on her knees, she's now help me. I hear the whole thing that the, it's not quite the Gentiles' time, but help me. There's a humility about this woman, which is amazing. She's not put off. She humbles herself. She knows Jesus is the only answer, that he is the only answer for her daughter. There is no B plan. There is nobody else who's going to be able to help her daughter. A long time ago, well, a few decades ago, Ian Galloway, who is, uh, I was working with, and we... we the two of us, we were kind of, we were quite young. I was about 30, uh, he was about 29, uh, and um, we were planting a church in Newcastle. And there was only a few of us, there was about eight of us. And we thought, we do not want to just do this on our own. We don't want to actually just, we, we, we're going to mess this up if we try and do it on ourselves. And we'd seen other people, just, it went nowhere. We thought, we've got to get some real help here. And so we got hold of, of we'd heard about this guy, Terry Virgo, and this, this kind of group of churches that he was kind of developing in the south of England called New Frontiers. And we went down to see him and we chatted to him and we explained that we wanted to be part of this thing. We wanted some help. We wanted to be served by anyone that could actually help. And he listened attentively but didn't answer really, didn't give us a clear answer. He said, oh, I need to think about this. And then there was a day where, he, okay, the, the, he's going to phone. And we're expecting him to phone us and tell us what was going to happen with this. And we sort of should have got the hint because he, he got his secretary to do it rather than him. Uh, and so his secretary comes on the line and speaks to uh, my friend Ian. And uh, she says... I'm terribly sorry. But Terry's thought about it. She's, he's prayed about it. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> um, so we knew where this was going. And uh, anyway, after all that, it's just, we're a relational movement. And you guys are like 200 miles away from 
the nearest church we have. We just can't serve you guys. You're just too far away. So there you go. Sorry. And you know what? It could have been the end of the conversation. Ian could have just gone, oh, put down the phone and go, oh, well. We tried. I mean, we did, we did our best, didn't we? We, we, we? we went down, we saw him, we did the whole thing. We tried our best. <clears throat> and I'm challenging you before I get to the end of the story. Because other times where actually God's wanting you to push through on something and you know something's right and then you kind of, somebody goes no and you kind of like then accept that. Because I actually think there's times we need to persevere and Ian, in his boldness and cockiness, <laughs> said, oh, right, okay, got that. So what you're saying is, so what Terry's saying is, this is a relational movement. We're too far away. We're 200 miles away, but in the same country. And you've got a church that's in India, in Mumbai, and that's Okay. And Terry heard about this, and he totally changed. He heard about it, and he went, you know what? That's hypocritical. <laughs> You're right. It's inconsistent. I, I, I'm going to change. And so he actually, we, we ended up, we used to spend time just driving down to Bedford, 200 miles, on Saturday mornings, getting up at five, and driving down to be there to actually just get something. And thank God we did, because actually, the churches that we had then had a whole lot of churches that came into the Midlands and Yorkshire and Scotland uh, <clears throat> and, and Europe and Ireland <laughs> as a result partly of that, that actually it kind of broke that thing. This is not just a movement for the South. This is something for much bigger than that. I want to say, are you somebody who just kind of like accepts the first no, are you somebody like this woman who presses through and doesn't accept the no and actually says, you know what? I know this is the only answer. This is, what, this is the thing. I don't want to go something else. I don't want to do the other thing. I, I, this is the one I want. This is it. She knew this is the one. Jesus, you're the one. Do you get offended sometimes? Jesus responds to the woman. So there she is, kneeling on the ground. And she, she says this thing. that she then, He then he feels like he's just stirring the pot. He's making it worse as he keeps going. And he says, is it right to take the children's bread, meaning, meaning <clears throat> salvation and healing and deliverance that is supposed to be for the children, Israel, <clears throat> and to give it to the dogs, you, Gentile lady, She should be totally offended. She should come back at him and go, I just typical Jewish man talking to me like that. You know, I, what did I expect? But she doesn't. She really doesn't. And she just, she turns it around. She's got the ability to play with this and to say, well, yeah, 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 yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say I'm a dog. Okay. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll take dog. Okay. <laughs> but even dogs get crumbs that fall from their master's table, as Milo knows, okay? Even dogs. So I'll have some of that. I'll have some of those crumbs. You've you got some crumbs. You could, you could hear my daughter right now. Come on, let's have some crumbs. 
She's got this faith. And he says, wow, that faith. Mark points it out. That faith, when you said it like that, lady, your daughter is now, as you will see, and she goes back home, she sees the daughter lying on the bed, completely in her right mind. The moment you said that to me, your, he, your daughter was made well. And he commends her great faith. I think God is wanting to nail a few things for, for us tonight. I just want to challenge you about not being offended easily because it's a thing that can stop us from actually God wants us to take hold of everything he's got for us. Amen? Don't get offended. Well, I, I, get it. I can get offended, but I've got to speak to my heart and say, stop it, Matthew. Don't just get offended. Just stop being kind of like all high and mighty. How's he to say that to me? You know, that's, that's, and actually she didn't have that. She just had a humility where she went, yeah, okay, I'll accept it. Because <laughs> I really, I, I'm, I'm in need. And knowing your need. Do you know your need tonight? That actually you need God. This isn't just a, well, casual, maybe a number of different options. Or is it something actually you're saying? No, I, I really do need God. I need God in every single part of my life. 